Oh yeah. How y'all doing out there? Mm. Have a little bit of beer. Get this party started. Will Smith just slapped me. out there welcome to the jam room podcast as always you're with me scott hope you've had a fantastic uh fucking week out there or just a little over a week it's been i was gonna do an episode yesterday guys but all this shit went fucking wild with the um with the oscars and stuff so i thought i would just sort of yeah, see what's going on and uh track that for a little bit also apologies i was um gonna get an extra bonus episode out to you guys about the um the stuff with uh, Sergio Vega and the Deftones and all this sort of shit. I was going to chat to Curtis and try and get to the bottom of it. Uh, but we've got no new information. That didn't happen. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast, I guess. But for now, it's been a fucking week, hasn't it, guys? Like, um, It's almost like no one gives a shit about what's going on in the Ukraine anymore because there's too many celebrity stories happening right now. Um, so first off the list is fucking... Uh, rest in peace, Justin Hawkins, uh, the great drummer for the Foo Fighters. Uh, kind of strange, out of the blue. The guy was only 50 years old and uh, just randomly died. So that's that's a bummer. That's a fucking bummer. Like Literally like last week, uh, tickets went on sale for the Foo Fighters tour here in Australia. I uh, know a bunch of people that have got tickets. Really, really excited for the show. Haven't heard anything about the dates being cancelled yet. And you know what? Th- th- they've got to be cancelled, right? You can't just fucking go back on tour when you've lost your drummer from so many years, you know? I mean, it is a weird thing that a fucking a dude like Dave Grohl, like, was a drummer, lost his front man, fucking became a front man, then lost his drummer. Like... He's somewhat of a band curse, isn't he? If you're in a band with Dave Grohl, you might die. That seems to be what's going on. But um, it would be very tasteless if they just still um, fucking just got a fill-in drummer and went on tour still. But it depends. You know, they might come to that conclusion like, oh, that's what Justin would have wanted. The show must go on, all that sort of shit. And, um, you know, that'd be all right. But we'll see how this all pans out. So hopefully you'll get a refund if you got tickets. Um, I didn't get tickets to that show. Not a huge Foo Fighters fan. Um, and, you know, up until this week, I had no idea what the fuck the name of the drummer was. Uh, I didn't know what the name of anyone in the Foo Fighters was, except for Dave Grohl. But, uh, it just, fuck, it is what it is. But, you know, it's just my personal taste. I respect a good musician who's respected by the industry. So, uh, fucking, at least he, uh, died doing what he loves, uh, which is a lot of drugs, apparently. He's found with a lot of drugs in his system. So, uh, who knows? Some of them might be medication. They don't really specify. But there's a bit of a cocktail. When they say cocktail, something's up. And even if they're prescription, he's probably having a good time with them. Uh, but it fucking is what it is. Right, guys? So, fucking rest in peace, Justin Hawkins. Great drummer. If you're a drummer out there and you're inspired by him, you know, fucking take this as a, as a lesson and don't join a band with Dave Grohl. Because uh, he might end up killing you, or at least cursing your family, or something like that. But fucking anyway, I had a good weekend, guys. Uh, it was pretty fun. It was kind of a fucking nothing. My wife's cars cost 
fucking way too much money to get fixed. So um, that's been a hassle over the weekend. People have been working on that, but the weather was a bit shit, so that got delayed. Um, but I went and got to ch- uh, hang out with a with a buddy um, Saturday night, and it was kind of cool because he's one of these dudes that's fucking got himself uh, a prescription for um, some medical marijuana there, right? Which I know we're fucking playing catch up here in Australia with that sort of shit. Pretty much everywhere else in the Western world, it's quite easy to get hold of, especially over there in the States and Canada. Um, And it's glorious. It should be like that. Uh, But it's expensive and hard to do over here or whatever. But um, Jesus Christ, he fucking sent me to the moon. Oh, my God. I fucking went over there just hanging. Nice evening. You know, a couple of couples hanging out, drinking, chatting, all that sort of stuff. We're sort of puffing this weed vape fucking thing. Um, it's kind of like a, I don't know, well, it's a vaporizer, but you actually put like buds of weed in there or whatever. It was kind of not doing anything. It was kind of a bit blasé, but he gave me a little take-home package. And so I, um, yeah, smoked a bit before bed and literally floated through the rest of the evening. It was fucking sick. So, yeah. Shout out to uh, buddies with <laughs> prescriptions. I might have to fucking pretend to have some ailments myself or something like that. Fun fucking times. And then yesterday, guys, I finish finish up work. I fucking go see my brother, and the news has just hit. Uh, like we're seeing all the live footage of the fucking Oscars going on with fucking Willie Smith, the old Fresh Prince, slapping the shit out of Chris Rock. Um. Hilarious. Like, first first thing that I should say is, like, fucking thank God the Oscars were entertaining again this year, right? Because it's been a while since anyone's given a shit about the Oscars. And even when this happens, it kind of proves that no one gives a shit about the awards. It's all the stuff around it. Like, it's fucking Ricky Gervais, um, you know, saying some jokes or whatever. And this time, it's Will Smith not being able to take a joke that wasn't even directed at him. He's fucking white knighting some bullshit. But um, led to a bit of black-on-black crime. Fucking Will Smith slapping the shit out of poor little fucking Chris Rock. Like, Chris Rock is tiny, right? He's a tiny guy. He's, he's built like me. He's a fucking featherweight, right? Um, so it was, it was a little bit unfair, but, like, if you haven't seen the footage, like, well, well, fuck off. Of course you've seen the fucking footage. Everybody in the world's seen the footage at this point, right? But, like, Chris Rock took that fucking slap, man. That was insane how smooth he just fucking took it and just went, wow, dude. Like, fucking Jesus Christ. It was smoother than fucking Jada's head. <laughs> Whatever. Ah, oh, fucking. I think that was Will Smith knocking at the door. He's about to slap the shit out of me. Can't make fun of fucking alopecia or some shit. So this is what happened. Fucking Chris Rock makes this fairly boring average joke because... um. So Jada Smith, Will Smith's wife, wait, let's even go further back. They've had a fucked up relationship that's been in the spotlight for a a little while now, six months, maybe a year. How they sort of come out that they're in an open relationship, but Will doesn't really seem to be fucking around too much. But Jada is sort of like, you know, fucking all these like dudes in their 20s and shit like that. So he's, he's a little bit on edge anyway. Will was a little on edge. He's trying to fucking prove to his wife that he's better than some uh, 20-year-old or whatever. Also, these people are fucking crazy-ass motherfuckers. They're into their Scientology and all that sort of shit. They believe in Xenu and fucking aliens and fucking weird entities that live in your soul or some shit like that. I don't really get to the bottom of Scientology. I got kicked out of the Scientology church in New York when I was a young boy. 
just from asking questions. I got the old fucking good day, sir, and <laughs> got asked to leave. Um, granted, I fucking I walked in there being a bit of a dick anyway. I was bored. Whatever. 19 years old, nothing to do in New York. What are you going to do but fuck with Scientologists, I guess. That's what ended up happening. But um, fucking anyway, so uh, Jada Smith has uh, sort of come out saying that she's got alopecia, so she's got a hair loss condition, sort of like 50% of the male population, but you know, fucking it's a big deal for women or whatever because they don't wear wigs. Wigs aren't a thing. She couldn't just cover it up with a wig or whatever like that. And let's face it, it's not fucking alopecia. It's a side effect to the fucking adrenochrome that these people drink, right? It's probably more that than an actual weird onset of fucking alopecia. Uh, but either way, Chris Rock <laughs> makes a fucking joke about uh, her hair. So, you know, saying, oh, I can't wait to see you in G.I. Jane 2. Because she looks like G.I. Jane. That's actually a compliment because G.I. Jane is fit as fuck. Um, Will Smith laughs at the joke, looks at his wife, sees that she's upset and decides to fucking white knight it and fucking loses, loses his shit, right? And um, for some reason didn't get arrested or kicked out or anything like that. And later on in the night went and fucking got a, a, an Oscar for best actor for playing what fucking Serena Williams' father or some shit in that documentary or some shit. Documentary? Biopic. Documentaries are real. Will Smith's not in anything fucking real. It's a biopic, right? Um... But that, that, that's just insane. He obviously laughed at the fucking joke. Maybe not a huge laugh. Maybe one of the fucking 1990s Will Smith doing a hip-hop song kind of laughs, like the little, ha-ha! You know, he does that every now and then. He probably just did a little one of those, saw his wife, got fucking annoyed, and uh, slapped the shit out of her. Uh, and in doing so, kind of proved that he's a sexist piece of shit, because let's face it, Jada Smith is completely capable of sticking up for herself, isn't she? Why has he got to come in and think that he's fucking, you know, going to stand in for this extremely powerful, strong woman that could definitely fucking, let's face it, she could probably beat the fuck out of Chris Rock herself, right? We mentioned his physique. Um, but either way, he decided, like, I'm going to stand up for this woman. That's the ultimate sexism because he, he's straight away admitting that he doesn't think his wife is capable of fucking standing up for herself. So he goes and does this white knight shit with black knight shit, whatever the fuck. I don't know what the hell the saying is uh, when it comes to that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, he copped him good on the cheek for making a fucking silly joke. It, uh, it sucks. It was just weird to see fucking someone getting, like a comedian getting slapped on stage of the Oscars. But it wasn't Kanye slapping Pete Davidson. Isn't that just fucking weird? I don't know. It's a... Uh, it's all kind of weird. And with their open relationship, fucking Will Smith still got to go home that night and listen to his wife get banged by a 20-year-old. Maybe even fucking Chris Rock. How funny would that be? Fucking Chris Rock just ends up fucking Jada Smith just to piss off Will. Ah, oh, That'd be some kind of justice, hey, guys? I don't know. What do you think about it? Do you reckon it's okay for someone to just get slapped because of a joke? That's bullshit. I know there's like gentleman sort of rules or whatever, but there's also laws in place. If you can't handle a joke, you fucking, you lose the war if you cross into violence. You know what I mean? Like you can always just fucking fight back with another better joke instead of just fucking cursing the guy out. But, you know, it's the news of the day, guys. So, you know, fuck Will Smith. What a piece of shit. His career's over like, particularly in the eyes of the public, I would imagine. And uh, Chris Rock, the way he handled it, I'm looking forward to his next special, you know. 
I hope he just comes out fucking swinging and just destroys Will Smith with words. And let's face it, we all can because he's a fucking cuck and he's married to a woman who would prefer 20-year-old dick. Of course. Even if you're Will Smith, you're not that fresh, you prince. Anyway, let's get on to some music. Checked out a whole bunch of new stuff this week, guys. Uh, We'll talk about a few albums, maybe a new single or whatever. So Machine Gun Kelly who's new to the pop-punk game, has released his album. Um, it's called Mainstream Sellout. Very self-aware title. Very self-aware. Um, so Machine Gun Kelly, I don't really know about this transition of his. I don't know if he's doing a great job. It's kind of cool to see the fucking pop-punk coming back into the fray a little bit. Um, but he did this interview with Billboard, and he's kind of, um, I don't know, kind of saying like you know with all the music that's going on in the pop world and, and all this shit that there's you know it's lacking something so you know this guitar based music is is what he wants to bring forward a bit more it's like he's kind of making out like he fucking invented the guitar um and or like he's responsible for bringing guitar based music back and you know i just mentioned it's cool to see pop punk in there but guitar based music never fucking left i'm sick of this shit right guitar based music is always there yeah it hasn't gone fucking pop because a lot of it hasn't sold out the way that machine gun kelly's willing to right you know what i mean but anyway um all that being said it's it's not a terrible album it's not terrible it's very cheesy it's cheesy pop punk sort of stuff but you know pop punk's always had that cheese element to it right Fucking Bling 182 did that with fucking all the small things and shit. Like, it's, it's always had that whiny, fucking emo-y kind of cheese to it. Uh, and there's a lot more of it in this album than, like, the, the origins of fucking pop punk. But it's not terrible. It's not terrible. And I do kind of agree that it's at least a little bit better than, like, a fucking new single from Justin Bieber or whatever. That it's just the same pop shit with trap beats or whatever's the fucking flavor of the day again uh so yeah check it out if you want to there's a bunch of collabs on there so there's some you know fucking uh willow speaking of the smith family willow's on one of the fucking tracks screaming about fucking wanting to you know have an emo girl or something like it's so juvenile it's such a juvenile fucking album and i don't mind juvenile albums when it's actually written and performed by people that are in that fucking world i used to always make fun of fucking blink 182 when they were like fully grown adults and they're still making songs, they're sort of like, you know, talking about how they can't wait for their parents to go out of town and stuff like that. It's just like, ugh, it's obviously not real anymore. Same with this album. It's not real anymore. They're just playing a trope and they're trying to do it their way to bring it back into pop and fine. I guess they're doing a good job of it. It's going to sell a fucking shit ton of uh, copies um, because there he is on the front cover, like, all dressed in pink. That's the most pop punk thing ever, hey? With a pink guitar holding it like he's never seen one before. Uh, well, check it out if you can. Uh, it's called Mainstream Sellout. It's not terrible. Very cheesy, but it's pop punk and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be played on the radio fucking a million times. You're going to hear it whether you want to or not, guys. It's just fucking been released into the world and we're all going to have to fucking deal with it now, right? But oh well, oh well. Moving on, I checked out another one, completely different style. Um, I checked out a new album from a guy named Xavier Rudd. And if you're Australian, you probably know who Xavier Rudd is. Um, kind of hippy-dippy kind of music, you know, a lot of acoustic guitar, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so he bought out a new album. Uh, the cover art's pretty cool. It's got a whole bunch of fucking Aboriginal artwork sort of vibes to it, I guess. But um, it's done in a way better way than the originals. 
Uh, but it's called Janjuk Moon. I think that's how you would say it. Janjuk. J-A-N, one word. And the other word, J-U-C. And then the word moon. Uh, so Janjuk Moon. So I guess it's maybe of an Aboriginal language for the first two-thirds of the sentence, maybe? Because uh, there's no way the Aboriginal word for moon is moon. There's absolutely no fucking way. Um, you know, there's just way too many vowels in the word moon for an Aboriginal sort of uh, take on things. There would be seven J's next to each other in there somewhere if it was authentic, I think. Uh, anyway, this album's good, guys. This album's a cool, fun, fine, little casual sort of vibe. It starts off with a very reggae-feeling uh, track, which I dig. It's all right. Kind of gets it. It's it's kind of interesting how he's he's blended like um th like sounds like a, like a didgeridoo, um but kind of synthed it out a little bit. It's almost like a didgeridoo's been like sort of uh, like auto tuned and like sort of uh, maybe even sampled to become like kind of a synth wobble sort of kind of trancey kind of pulse, which is a neat idea. I kind of dig that. Uh, but I got to tell you, towards the end of the album, I was absolutely bored with it and it just faded off into a fucking playlist that Spotify decided for me. And um, that was all right, but it was a little bluesy sort of thing afterwards. But uh, I don't know. Check it out if you can. It's uh, Janjuk Moon. So if you're into that more like sort of, I guess, soft rock, maybe hippy dippy roppy, rocky mocky. Oh, I don't know. Fucking let's just make up a genre. Let's call it hippy dippy rock. Uh, because you meet anybody with dreadlocks, they're going to like this album. Especially white guys with dreadlocks, obviously. That's what's going on here. So that one's all right. Check it out. Um, but then something on a bit of a heavier side. Well, maybe heavier side. Uh, a new single from Opeth came out this, this week, maybe a couple of days ago. And I just got a chance to check it out today. And I don't know what the fuck's been going on with Opeth, right, guys? Um, they're all over the shop. It's like they're too good to settle on one thing. So they experiment kind of to their own detriment, really, I would say. Right. So I became an Opeth fan sort of in my like, you know, late teens. Um, you know, loving the guitar playing, loving the fucking, the, the proggy aspects of things, you know, without being too sort of lame with it. Um, beautiful guitars. Like, their choice of chords and orchestration and um, their riffage is just fucking amazing. We're talking about, like, old albums like Deliverance and fucking um, uh, well, the Ghost Reveries. Tremendous album, right? And then even their clean stuff like fucking Damnation album. That's amazing. If you've never checked out the Damnation album, check it out. It's beautiful. Uh, but then they started doing things that was kind of a bit more rocky, a bit lighter. You think it would be cool, but it's just like the songs lose a bit of their fucking intensity and grip. You know what I mean? They don't grip you as hard. They don't pull on your fucking nutsack, you know, tightly the way you'd like them to. Uh... And so this new single that they've brought out is called Width of a Circle. And from looking at the cover art, you know, when you see a single that comes out with brand new cover art and there's some other sorts of bits and bobs on the, on the, the artwork itself, you're probably hinting at a new album. We talk about that all the time. Uh, so Width of a Circle. Don't know if it's going to be the title track for the album or anything like that, but um, it is for this single. And it's the name of the song that they released. And it's okay. It's just okay, guys. There is some shredding guitar solo. I used to love fucking Opeth because of the lack of shredding as far as guitar solos go. I prefer about like I prefer good choices in a in a in a solo, like just beautiful melodies and just like, oh my god, that note, wow, well, all that sort of stuff. So if you listen to like Opeth from yesteryear 
uh, you'll get this beautiful maturity from those guitar solos where he's not showing off, not trying to shred or whatever. This song is a bit shreddy-weddy for me. It's a bit shreddy, and uh, I think that's a bit lame. But um, I don't know. There's still some awesome stuff in there, but there are only little nuggets sort of peppered throughout it. I don't really know what to say. It kind of sucks that it's... Uh, I mean, I don't love the death metal side of Opeth. Never been a huge fan of that. But I like the like the groove metal side that they would hit all the time. And if you're an Opeth fan, you fucking know the groove metal that I'm talking about that they used to hit. Uh, it's not really there with this track, guys. So who knows? Opeth might be taking another little winding sort of a detour on their musical journey. And fucking more power to them. Fucking Michael Ackerfeldt's a fucking legendary musician. Legendary. He's a jazz master. He's a fucking... He's got a great voice. He could do what the fuck he wants. Um, but, you know... With genius comes a whole bunch of fucking missed fucking beats every now and then. And, you know, this one might be a, a miss. It's, yeah, it's fine. Uh, but I always get a little bit concerned, like, if they throw out a single that might be hinting at a new album, and it's not a very strong one, did they put their best foot forward so the rest of the album might be worse? Like, because you'd like to throw out something good to build some hype for the new album, right? Like, holy shit, did you hear that song? I can't wait for the rest of the album. Not something that's like yeah that was all right i hope the album's better you know so i don't know if it is that then i do hope the album's better but i i don't know i don't really think that's gonna happen we'll, we'll fucking see all right guys i'm only gonna do a short one today i do uh still have to do some fucking around this afternoon still not done with fixing the wife's car so i've got one little final piece of the puzzle to sort out so i've got to bail out of here pretty shortly but um, like I said, we were going to do an extra episode last Friday talking about this um, Sergio Vega stuff with um, Deftones, um, but no new information has come out, so it's still all speculation. And yeah, we could just sit here spitballing and speculating and fucking throwing different people under the bus. Uh, didn't really want to do that. So if you missed the last episode where we talked about this, um, this is a bit of a recap. So uh, when Deftones had their bass player suffer a horrendous accident, go into a coma and eventually die. He was replaced um, by a guy named Sergio Vega, who uh, was basically a full-time member of the band since then. And um, his debut with the band, as far as recording and stuff goes, because he toured and stuff before that, um, uh, was like 2008 with the album Diamond Eyes, right? And if you're a Deftones fan, fucking Diamond Eyes is an amazing album, right? And so... That was 2008, guys. It was 14 years ago. And in those 14 years, at no point have the Deftones actually welcomed Sergio into the band as a full-time member. They've only been giving him little contracts here and there for touring, recording, press stuff, whatever, right? Maybe a little bit of a merch cut on the background. Who knows? I don't really know the details of the contracts. But out of the blue, they just fucking decided to not renew it so now Sergio's not in the Deftones anymore, uh, which sucks because he's amazing. And as far as we're all concerned as fans, he was part of the Deftones. And we didn't think just a decision to cut the contract could just fucking result in him leaving and then looking for another bass player. Maybe, I don't know, they might just get fucking Chino to play bass. He does an average job at it. I mean, it's not too bad, but, but whatever. But so that's the state of affairs at the moment as we know it. Fucking shout out Sergio Vega. Feel for you. Fucking don't really know who's the asshole in this. If we get more information, we will talk about it. 
But just if this is what it all it is, and we know nothing going forward, and no one's gonna fucking you know, really discuss this and really try and get to the bottom of it and settle the fucking fans' curiosity. Um, well, then at least I want to end with letting everyone know that fucking Sergio was a great bass player and he fit the Deftones vibe perfectly. He was awesome. And if you don't believe me, you're about to hear a song from Diamond Eyes called Prince. And holy crap, what a great bass line. What a great drum beat. But like, what a cool song. And this was his debut with the with the band, and he's only got like gone from strength to strength since. And then you're gonna fucking cut him out. Ah, it is what it is. They should have just sent Will Smith to slap him. Anyway, guys, I'm out of here. I gotta go do some bullshit. So you're gonna hear a song called Prince from Diamond Eyes, 2008, uh, with Sergio on bass, doing an amazing fucking job. So it's a bit heartbreaking that we're not gonna hear his grooves in the future. Um, but whatever. If we find more information, we'll talk about it. Have yourselves a fantastic week, guys. Take care now. Bye-bye then.